Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flatlining Podcast, the podcast that brings you great healthcare analysis and discussion each week. I'm Matthew Handley from Flatlining.net. This week, we're taking a look back at a podcast Ron did back in 2020. As you recall, that is when we had the presidential election of former Vice President Joe Biden and then President Trump. It was also still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. During that time, Ron took a look at the healthcare platforms of the candidates that were running. Notably, President Trump did not have a solid healthcare platform, so there wasn't much to comment on. Then former Vice President Joe Biden did, though. So we're going to take a look at and see what President Biden was campaigning on in 2020 and whether or not any of his ideas or platforms have come to fruition. Here's Ron. Number one, decrease the age of Medicare down to 60. Candidate Biden has talked about being in favor of reducing the age of Medicare down to 60 for some time now. He also proposes allowing people to choose between their employer's coverage or Medicare. Now, one of the interesting impacts of this move would be that it might give some people a path to early retirement because some people continue to work purely for healthcare benefits. To the extent that people retire earlier would actually help lower the unemployment rate. Businesses would love to have the ability to get their most expensive employees, those between 60 and 65, to switch to Medicare. And many of them would probably provide some incentive to help them do this. But what does this mean for doctors? Well, it means a reduction in revenue for most doctors. Most physicians get paid better by commercial insurance companies than they do by Medicare. So, if you're, say, getting 150% of Medicare from Blue Cross Blue Shield for a 61-year-old patient, and that patient switches to Medicare, you're going to see that same patient, but for a lot less money. So decreasing the Medicare age, this has yet to happen. And as Ron mentioned, that this was something that we thought we would need both houses of Congress uh, to be able to do. Notably, it didn't happen during the Democrat-controlled Congress. You know, the, the Democrats had a, had a narrow majority in the House, uh, and it was a 50-50 split in the Senate. Uh, now that the GOP controls the House, and even though they've picked up a seat in the Senate, but mostly because the GOP controls the House, it's not going to happen. Uh, right now, as you know, the Republicans are arguing about the debt ceiling uh, in particular, and there's even talk about raising the Medicare age. Although Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that Medicare and Social Security are off the table when it comes to the debt ceiling negotiations, but other Republicans have been bringing it up. We'll keep you updated here on the Flatlining Podcast. Now back to Ron. Number two, add the public option to the Affordable Care Act. Candidate Biden wants to add a government-run insurance company called the Public Option as an option for any individual purchasing insurance on the exchanges. This Public Option will most likely be a full network of physicians and hospitals compensated at 100% of the Medicare rate. This will make this insurance very affordable. But what will it do for doctors? Well, just like the reduction in the Medicare age, it will mean that some portion of your patients will switch from another carrier to this government option, and that will mean you will get paid less for the exact same service. In addition, this will put pressure on other insurance carriers who have to compete with this public option to drive down their reimbursement rates to your practice. Unfortunately, this one could be a double whammy. The public option also didn't happen. Uh, not at a federal level. I'm not even sure if it was brought up at a federal level. 
Uh, several states have attempted to do their own version of the public option, notably California. Um, it was introduced in their state legislature, and then its own the bill's own sponsors had pulled it because they knew that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom would have to uh, veto it, even though he ran on having a sort of Medicare for all for California. Didn't work in that state. Colorado has claimed they have a public option, but it's not really a public option. The state isn't selling insurance. As we talked about last year, really, it's forcing some of the big payers to sell cheap insurance and then force the physicians who don't want to take it to take the cheap rate. So on that note, President Biden hasn't gotten anything done on a public option. Back to Ron. Number three, boost the ACA. Candidate Biden has a number of strategies to further boost and enhance and support the Affordable Care Act in order to help drive down the uninsured population. On one hand, having more people with insurance coverage is good for doctors. But since these people are likely to come with lower reimbursement levels, it could also be a net negative. Here's where President Biden has actually done something that he's talked about, and this has to do with the Affordable Care Act. Biden did get rid of the so-called family glitch. And if you don't remember, that it's what it was was in order to get premium subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, the silver plan has to cost more than a certain percentage of your income. Additionally, if you had access to an employer plan that covered at least 60% and was considered affordable, you couldn't get subsidies. Those numbers were based on individuals and not families. The IRS looked to see now if uh, healthcare is affordable for a family. And if it's not, more families would be eligible for the subsidies under the Affordable Care Act. Not everyone affected by the family glitch is automatically covered, but it does, and it also depends on someone's definition of affordable. But the new IRS change went into effect during the 2023 enrollment period. In this aspect, we could say that Biden did boost the ACA. Campaign promise kept there. Back to Ron. Number four, end surprise billing. This may be the only thing that candidate Biden and President Trump agree on. Both candidates have said they want to eliminate surprise billing. What does this mean for doctors? Well, for most specialties, not much. However, for anesthesiologists, emergency medicine physicians, and radiologists, well, for those specialties, it's game over, boys and girls. This will seriously damage, if not kill, independent groups in those specialties by giving incredible power to insurance companies. Now, if you think I'm overreacting, just consider this. Several years ago, there was a change in reimbursement from Medicare that significantly impacted cardiologists. Today, over 70% of the practicing cardiologists are employed by a hospital or delivery system. The impact that a surprise billing law could have on hospital-based physicians could be worse than the event that drove cardiologists into the arms of hospitals. Oh, and in case you're keeping score at home, that little move with the cardiologist actually increased the cost of cardiology once they got under the hospitals. As Ron said, Biden agrees with Trump on this one. And in fact, this was a law that Trump signed at the end of his administration. Um, to a certain extent, though, Biden agreed with Trump and then he didn't. I'll talk about it. For patients, without a doubt, the law helps. You cannot be billed for a service at an in-network hospital by an out-of-network radiology, anesthesiology, or ER group. For physicians, though, the Biden administration screwed around with the law. Uh, as you may recall, uh, Secretary Javier Becerra of the Department of Health and Human Services issued the interim final rule, which was thrown out in court last year. It came out in 2021, and it kind of tossed a lot of the things that Congress said 
could and couldn't be used during the dispute resolution or, or the IDR process. For example, they, they claimed that the qualified payment amount or the QPA was the only number that could be referenced during the IDR process. You couldn't look at Medicare, couldn't look at previous contracted rate. The problem is, is that's not what the law said. And because they did that, it gave a lot of power to the big insurance companies to dictate prices in the IDR process. Now, of course, this all happened before the IDR process was even set up. So there weren't claims going through there yet, but this was the argument before the law went into effect. The Texas Medical Association took the Biden administration to court and it was thrown out last year. Now, interestingly, the Texas Medical Association is suing on several other parts of the law, one of which is that the QPA isn't even a real number because it can't be verified, which is interesting because it's supposed to be public information, but none of the big insurance companies have made it public yet, or at least public in a way that's actually viewable and usable. Um, so it's possible the whole law could get thrown out. In fact, Ron and I are going to talk about this more next week on the Flatlining Podcast. We're going to do a deep dive into the No Surprises Act, and in particular, the Texas Medical Association cases. So stay tuned for that next week. From a patient perspective, though, Biden pulled through here on a law that Trump signed. You know, it, it protects patients from being billed for things that they didn't know they would be billed for. But from a provider perspective, the Biden administration Secretary Becerra messed around with the process, and we would argue probably made it worse. Back to Ron. Number five, drug reform. Wait, we have something else that both Trump and Biden agree on. Both candidates want to reform our current system for pharmaceuticals and go after the drug companies to reduce costs. This one's not really likely to impact doctors much. And to be honest, given the power of the drug companies, it may be the hardest one for Biden to actually accomplish. So the last point Ron made here has to do with drug reform. And I think Biden and the Democrats will claim victory on this. They definitely claim victory on it right before the midterm election. And it has mostly to do with the Inflation Reduction Act, which does not reduce inflation, as we talked about before. But part of its provisions allow for Medicare to negotiate drug rates. Will we see discounts like they have in Canada and Europe where they negotiate drug rates? No. Medicare can only negotiate 10 drugs a year. And that's only starting in 2026. So I guess that's a win if Biden is still president by then. But either way, it will not do anything to significantly lower drug costs in this country. On the same token, however, you could say that Biden eked out a win by capping insulin prices. And it's true that that does put money in the pocket of people who need insulin. But it lowers it in the short term. But as we've talked about before, and as other economists will tell you, price controls are generally not the right answer to lowering costs overall. So this really depends on what your perspective is about uh, drug prices, you know, whether or not you consider Medicare negotiating drug prices as a win and as a campaign promise cap. Certainly in the eyes of the Democrats and President Biden, it is. The difference between President Trump, former President Trump, and now President Biden when he was running for election was that Biden had a health care plan. Trump never introduced one in the 2020 election year. Nothing of any substance. I wrote in February of last year, just after Biden's first State of the Union, that the Republicans needed to have a health care platform for the midterms or they will lose. Healthcare, because health care is a significant issue that a lot of Americans care about, in particular health care costs. The Republicans didn't have a health care plan. Their health care plan was COVID, 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 and we didn't like what happened during COVID. They lost. I believe in part it's because of their health care plan, but it's also for some other obvious reasons, namely the former president got involved. As Ron and I discussed late last year, we can be thankful that at least in the next two years, nothing is going to get done in Congress 
to the point where we'll be jerked around too much here in the healthcare industry. Um, the GOP House and the Democratic Senate are not going to agree on substantive, uh, substantive legislation. But hopefully Republicans have learned their lesson that they need to have a concrete health care platform if they're going to incre- if they're going to win over the increasing amount of independence in this country. That has to happen. Otherwise, they're going to keep losing elections. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about how well the Biden administration has kept to some of their campaign promises. You can tweet me. I'm at Radio Handley. Ron is at Ron Howergan. You can also send us an email, flatlining at substack.com or you can leave a comment on the show page at flatlining.net. Thanks for listening to the Flatlining Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and give us five stars so that more people can find this program. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll do us a lot of help. Share it with your family and friends and colleagues across social media. Forward their emails to them. Whatever you want to do, check out our podcast. Share it. and We hope that uh, more people can find it as interesting as you do and as helpful as you do. For Ron Howergan, I'm Matthew Hamble. Have a good week.